Welcome to From the Well, a podcast from the Academy for Spiritual Formation. We invite you to take the time to pause, center, and listen deeply. The content you will hear contains excerpts from faculty presentations recorded at Academy for Spiritual Formation events. The Academy is an international program ministry of the Upper Room that provides courses of retreat and study steeped in the rhythms and practices of contemplative life. For more information, please visit our website at academy.upperroom.org. We hope you enjoy. It's October, and we're only weeks away from Election Day. Many would agree this is the most divisive presidential campaign in our nation's history. No other campaign has been filled with such hate speech. There have been countless scandals, conspiracy theories, and lies. I don't think you'll find any other campaign season that has essentially been based in and or led to such high levels of fear. And it shows. Last week, the American Psychological Association released preliminary data for its annual Stress in America report. The release data focused specifically on people's level of anxiety surrounding the election. 52% of people surveyed said the election is causing a very or somewhat significant amount of stress in their lives. The breakdown was fairly equal between Republicans and Democrats. What's happening to our nation? How is it that friends, neighbors, and even family members are having serious arguments over politics? How can it be that people are severing relationships over a difference in voting? How did people become so mistrustful of our government, our political process, and each other? It seems we have lost sight of who we are and who we were created to be. Ray Buckley is an author, poet, and Native American storyteller. He tells the story of driving home from church one day with his grandmother as she shared her understanding of sin. And the sermon had been on sin, and it had been about all the things that we do that offend God. And it had been repenting of all the things that we do that offend God. My grandmother sat and she moved her lips. It's considered impolite to point with your fingers, so you pointed with your lips. So she was sitting in the front seat of the truck and pointing with her lips. And she said, you know, the sermon the pastor preached, she said, I want you to forget that. And I said, okay. I almost said, I'll add it to the list that I keep with. But she said, the part where he talks about that we are sin and that we are sinners and that what you do that offends God is sin. Now listen to a native grandmother's way from a non-Christian perspective of describing theology. My grandmother said, sin is not what we do and what we do not do. Sin is when we cease to become human beings. In my grandmother's theology, the word for a person is human being. The word Lakota for our tribe is human being. 
The word for clinket is human being. The word for crow is human being. Anishinaabe, the word is human being. For Seminole, it's human being. For almost all of the almost 600 tribes existing in the United States today, their name for themselves means human being. If I ask you in Yupik, do you speak Yupik? I am asking you, do you speak like a human being? Can you speak human being? Uh, Imagine what that would be like in a church meeting, sitting around arguing and we ask one another, can you speak human being? Can you speak the things which brings out the essence of who God created us to be? My grandmother said, human beingness is living in a relationship with God. She did that with her little hands. Human beingness is living in a relationship with God. And human beingness is living in right relationship with all those which God hath created us, all human beings, and all that God has created. My grandmother said, when you do things which harm the love between the creator and yourself, you chip away at your human beingness. And when you do things which harm the world around you and other people or destroy your ability to see one another as a human being, as a real person, as the person they were made to be and the world around us, you chip away at your human beingness. My grandmother said, in her indigenous way, we are called to be human beings. And when those around us recognize that we have chipped away to the point that we have damaged our human beingness, then we come to them and say, human being, friend, human being, let's restore the human beingness. Let's restore the things that have chipped away, and let's restore the things that have chipped away. I think Ray's story gets right to the heart of what's going on in our country right now. We have lost a sense of our human beingness. We have forgotten our similarities, that we were each created by God and reflect God's image, that we all long for validation and stability, for sustenance and joy, that we all have gifts to contribute. Instead, we see only our differences. While it's true that we are each unique and are all different in various ways, as Rabbi David Horowitz explains, focusing only on our differences can have devastating consequences. I think you prayed of the light this morning. And I think the worship service intuitively understands that that, that's where it goes. And yeah, we have some different terminology, and yeah, we got this whole thing about the uh, Messiah who may have risen to save from sins, and we have those differences between us as to whether or not we need to be redeemed by a Savior, or whether or not 
We can just go drink some wine and get over our sins uh, on our own. Uh, we, we have all of those differences, but we are part of the light. And so we all are trying to understand, and you're wrestling with it, and you have been challenged like you have never been challenged before, uh, and you will continue to be challenged through your, your trek through this academy. And some of that challenge is going to bring you some pain because, you know, it's going to say, do I really hold what I really thought I held? And if I don't, who am I? And, and pastors are terrible at this. Oh, my God, am I, am I authentic? Am I real? Am I giving my people any, you know? Uh, yes, you are. Of course you are. It's all one. It's all part of the light. And so we can disagree. We can argue. Let's just not kill each other. What I fear most are those who know the will of God. They will kill you. I don't fear argument. I don't fear disagreement. I don't fear interchange. I fear those who know. When we lose sight of our human beingness, focusing only on our differences, we make the mistake of assuming we are more than we are. Worse yet, we think others are less than they are. We begin to think we know the will of God. That's when our way of doing things, particularly our politics, produces fear rather than peace. That's the situation in which we find ourselves right here, right now. There is more fear than peace. And we spend so much time praying to God to fix this, to fix the fear and bring us peace. But as Rabbi Horowitz reminds us, there is another option. The scripture which we share and which we have reflects it. The light, the constant desire to reunite. And again, there's a Hebrew word, and I did write this up here. Devekut. Uh, Devekut. Devekut is to once again um, meld, to once again be absorbed and, and know the light. The light's here, but we don't know it. We don't feel it all the time. We try, we get glimpses. I did this morning in the worship service. I don't know what was different. I, I really don't know what was different, but it started different for me when I walked in and sat down. Um, and and I, can't, I can't place it, but somehow, and then the opening lines, you know, let there be light, uh, all of a sudden, it, it just all came together for me uh, in, in a very real sense. Now, I, I think that the best way to reunite is probably meditation. Uh, I think that the, the mystics, the Kabbalists, uh, from my perspective, but the mystics of all traditions understand that, and they understand that you need to, to be able to meditate and to begin to see light at the different levels and, and, and climb up that, that ladder of light. If we had the diagram, there would be a point by which, beyond which the mystics don't think we can get, at least not in our present state. But, uh, but, but, but we want to feel it. We want to feel the warmth. We want to see it. We want to feel it. We want to be a part of it. We yearn for it. And we have hope that it will come. And so it's where I am now theologically, and it's changed my prayer, and it's changed my outlook. And Linda talked so beautifully of the frustration that sometimes we feel in prayer and 
does God answer prayer and, and, and is God there? And, and I guess where I've come to in prayer as well is that God is. God is. God's not waiting for my list of, of, of wants. God is. I have a task to do, but I need to be able to feel and see the light. So I know what that task is. And so I said to my congregation once, I'm no longer going to pray for peace. I can't do that. Because God doesn't make war. We make war. We do war. And if we do it, we've got to repair it. If you break it, you own it. Something our government has not necessarily understood yet. (laughs) But if you break it, you own it. And so I can pray that I can find the strength to to do things that will help bring peace. I can pray that I can find the strength to get through uh, adversity, uh, through illness, uh, through those we love suffering, and that I have the strength to be able to be with them and comfort them and touch them and and help them smile and and help them become whole once again. Uh, but as I glibly said, and please forgive it from yesterday, I, I thought back on it and I said, my God, you know, what are they going to think? A hundred percent of us do die. But if we're all part of the one, it makes no difference. We must take responsibility for the conflict and fear in our nation. We must do what we can to repair the relationships and the system We are responsible, and that is our task. And while all that may seem really complicated and overwhelming, Ray Buckley suggests a fairly simple way of going about it. Native people sit in silence for long periods of time. When we gather with our elders, no one says anything for the longest time. People will come to your house for refreshments and They'll sit and eat the cake and have tea and coffee with you and not say a word. And when they get up, they'll tell you what a wonderful time they had. You'll drive with Native people, excuse me, down the road. And they will not say a word to you the whole time that you are driving. But the presence of your spirit with their spirit is what connects. My grandmother used to say she would visit the elderly. When she was 97, she would say, let's go visit the old folks. And she would always take them food. We'd go to someone's house where they were ill, and my grandmother would take them food. In our custom, it is polite to at least take a bite of food. And I have watched people who are very ill struggle to take a bite of food and then say, this is wonderful food and lay back down. My grandmother would put her hand on people's arm, just like in the book that you read with Joseph Dudley. My grandmother would come and sit with her arms on people. When we were children, we would walk by people, and my grandmother would take our arms. We didn't touch people inappropriately, but if you don't mind, my grandmother would take our our arms, and she would put them on people like this teaching us that, thank you, teaching us that as you walk by people, touch them, touch them. You don't have to shake hands. It doesn't have to be formal. But as you walk by and you live with people, touch them. 
my grandmother would go to church events and she would take food, the best that she had. Anyone could come to our house. You can come to my house today. When you come to my house, we will ask you two things. Have you slept well and have you eaten? Bishop Jong tells me that that is similar to what they do in Korea. Have you slept well? Have you eaten? And the first thing that we do is to make sure you have a place to sleep and something to eat. And we bring the food. We are so careful when we go to elders' homes that don't have a lot of things because when we go inside, we know that they will give us their last drop of food and that they will give us their best. And sometimes in the way that we phrase things, they'll say, have you rested well? And we'll say, yes. Have you eaten? And we'll say, I had a large amount of food before. If you're hungry, maybe a small amount. (laughs) Otherwise, the best of the kitchen comes out and everything is given. And people will sit in silence. They'll serve food. They'll smile at you. They'll enjoy your presence. And you'll just sit there. That is the way of our life. And when we come as community, then we celebrate and we dance and we sing songs and outside we gossip and tell on each other and all those other things that are part of human beings. And and Native people are gifted gossips. It's just part of our nature. We, we, We tell each other the stories around. But in each other's presence, we sit. The next few weeks leading up to Election Day will be full of tension and anxiety. And it won't end there. I imagine the weeks and months following Election Day will also be really tough. The fear and pain run deep. But though there is darkness, still the light shines brighter. What can you do to reflect the light? How can you live into your human beingness? and help others live into theirs? Can you practice hospitality? Can you take the time to sit with someone and allow your spirits to connect? Can you listen to the fear and pain in their heart? Can you stop the noise and busyness long enough to recognize God's presence in the other person? If you can, if we all can, then slowly but surely the anxiety will subside. We will mend relationships, restore faith, offer hope. We will reflect God's glorious light, and our task will be complete. Thanks for joining me, and may God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this installment of From the Well, a podcast from the Academy for Spiritual Formation. We encourage you to visit our website at academy.upperroom.org to learn more about our ministry and to continue the conversation about today's topic. You can join our mail list from the contact page and you can also find us on Facebook. From the Well is now available on SoundCloud, iTunes and Stitcher. Just search for From the Well or Academy for Spiritual Formation from within any of those services. From there, you can subscribe to our monthly podcast, 
find previous episodes, offer comments, and share it with others. Thank you, and blessings on your journey.